You know, spiritual awakening doesn't mean you have to float away on a cloud of Zen, okay? It can be as basic as becoming aware that you are more than labels, titles, and roles, and that you are not the thoughts you think. You're separate from them. I'm Bridget Blythe Briere, a regular girl going through a shift that I'm sharing with you because it feels good to figure out how to unlock heart and mind to reveal the true self and live with a deeper connection to the universe and everything in it. You can have that too. And these episodes are meant to help provide you with guideposts to pursue your own path to becoming socially responsible. Thank you so much to those of you who have reached out to me with messages saying how much you're enjoying these episodes, connecting with what I'm sharing. Thank you to those who have left a review. Um, and hopefully you're sharing these episodes with others because you never know who they're going to help. And that's why I'm doing this because I know that there is a place for this sort of conversation. Okay, so now the question, how is brain plane flight school going for you? Have you been applying the lessons from Byron Katie's The Work that we talked about in episode nine? What a beautiful reality check to just ask yourself, is it true? When you notice a thought that's causing you pain and suffering or anger or frustration. And then to take it a step further and follow that up by asking if you can absolutely know for certain that it's true what you're thinking. That really helps keep you on course or, or will get you back on course as far as minding your mind and improving mental habits that will otherwise just have you spinning in the same kinds of self-suffering cycles. So let's keep at this. You know, so we can ground ourselves in peaceful presence faster, pull ourselves out of self-induced suffering swifter. Because chances are we're still going to wind up in that place. I know that's the case for me, but being able to snap out of it, awesome. All of this requires practice, practice, more practice, but it's worth it. And I will continue to repeat that. Um, at this point, I do want to give a heads up that I'm going to be talking about food and eating in this episode. And I know that that can be a difficult or triggering subject for some people. Uh, however, the context in which I'm discussing food and eating is, of course, as it pertains to my own experiences, particularly in regards to emotions and feelings. And the conversation has nothing to do with diet or weight or anything like that. So there's the heads up. A lot of the time when I practice observing my thoughts, thought observation, reframing thoughts, I do it gently with myself now, which is part of the practice, being kind to yourself. But there are moments like one that I had a few days before I put this episode together where I just lose myself in a thought explosion of self-loathing. And when I say lose myself, I mean in the egoic sense the part of human being Bridget that is attached to stories and beliefs. And the other day, I was so mad at myself, disappointed in myself, ashamed of and unhappy with choices that I've been making, especially around food and eating. And I just blurt out, I hate myself. And you know, even as these words just flew venomously from my mouth, the consciousness 
the awareness, the soul piece of me that knows better was like, yo, you need to take a breath and come back to right now because everything is actually okay. So step one for me when this kind of thing happens is to be quiet. Like literally I need to stop talking and saying things out loud. You know, my husband was asking me if I was okay and I really wanted to word vomit all the things that made it be, that I wasn't okay. No, I am not okay. I hate myself. You heard me. Uh, but instead, I went inward. Not to beat myself up, but to just get quiet and get calm and create clarity. So what does that look like? That looks like going in another room, taking deep breaths, being quiet, stopping the thought spiral, the thought explosion by just kind of repeating, everything's okay, everything's okay, everything's okay. Now, first of all, what was the problem even? Why was I so angry at me? Like, do I really hate me? Is that true? See, we pull that in here. Is that true? Ask that question. Can I know for absolute certain that it's true that I hate myself? No, because I clearly care enough to investigate. So, okay, now what? Well, hmm, let me reflect. Oh yeah, I've been eating mindlessly and like complete crap for weeks, ignoring the inner knowing that recognizes that human being Bridget deserves to treat herself better. I mean, we all deserve to treat ourselves well, with kindness, with compassion, the way we talk to ourselves, with healthy habits, not just for the head and our thoughts, but for the house that holds it all together, the body, the home for the soul. So that's why whole being self-care, mind, body, soul, is so important when it comes to being socially responsible. So from Thanksgiving until the week before this episode first releases, I was re-engaged in an old pattern of behavior where I make food a friend instead of fuel. Eating to feel something, anything, even if it's a bellyache. This is self-abuse. Through this healing and awakening process, being socially responsible, I'm recognizing the way that eating has, at many times in my life, been a way for me to try and fill a void, an emptiness, a longing, loneliness. It's like I become entranced by food. And sometimes I just keep eating, hand to mouth, mindlessly chewing, crunching, continuing to try and keep tasting something long after the real enjoyment of the flavor has passed, desperately wanting to feel something and nothing all at once, wanting so badly to be satisfied, not in appetite, but within myself. Have you ever experienced something like that? Maybe it's with shopping and overspending, buying and then returning and buying and then returning maybe. Or perhaps you deflect your own feelings and emotions by engaging in gossip, talking about other people, or maybe you just zone out to hours of television so you don't have to deal with yourself. When I was somewhere around 12 years old, I'd say, after my parents divorced, my dad moved out of state for a job. 
that's when I now know that I first began to deeply ritualize food and eating to fill a void and to avoid feelings. I'd come home after school to an empty house. My mom would be at work and you know my dog would be there, but it would just be me. I'm an only child and I would create these elaborate snacks or I would have elaborate plans for eating the snacks. Like I would pour out goldfish from one of those huge cartons that they come in and then I would spread them out across the table, flat, and one by one, slowly, I would eat them, camped out in front of the kitchen television. It was both eating to avoid actually feeling something like sadness and loneliness, because those are probably the, the main ones. And it was also eating to feel something else, like a bellyache, like I said before. One summer when I was in college, probably like 2001, I had to go stay with my dad and his wife where they lived in Michigan. I did not want to go. It was far from my friends, my boyfriend at the time, my mom, but I didn't have any say in the matter. And one of the first nights that I was there, we got takeout for dinner and I ate and ate until I was well past full, until I could literally feel the food sitting up in my neck. That feeling felt better than being lonely. And then the worst part was I wound up getting food poisoning from the takeout. It, it was really awful. When I moved away from my hometown to Buffalo, New York in 2005, I was 23, moved for a job. I was alone, of course. And, you know, those first few months when I was there and getting settled into the job and a routine, I created a Saturday night eating ritual where I would get all kinds of not good for you foods. And again, sitting in front of the TV, I would eat and eat and eat until I felt so sickly full and so falsely content, a total distraction from actually feeling feelings. I am certain that food is not the only way that I hide from feelings, by the way, but this is kind of an obvious one that I can reflect on now. But I also know that I do it with the internet, scrolling through social media or like lashing out at my husband when things get hard at home, when kids are fighting and you know the Wi-Fi is not working and the chores are piling up. It's just so easy to deflect how I actually feel and lash out at him, my safe person in my safe space. It's the kind of thing that can sneak up on any of us, where a stifled feeling, one we're trying to hide from, run away from, shove away, ignore, morphs into a different feeling. And it just all leads to self-sabotage, self-induced suffering, or in my case with the food, self-overstuffing. So I went from feeling lonely because my husband was so busy at work during the holiday stretch, to hiding from that feeling through food, to then saying that I hate myself for making choices that don't make me feel good, like literally in my body with bloating and, and things like that, to then feeling ashamed of treating myself so poorly, both with my words and the way I was eating. And oh, yikes. Talk about a vicious 
cycle. All right, so I think it's pretty obvious that awareness is going to be really crucial for this week's call to action. We're going to explore the feelings you're hiding from. It doesn't have to be a deep dive, but like, are you involved in some pattern of doing that doesn't have you feeling good? Doesn't have to be eating. Could be, like I said earlier, like lots of online shopping and then feeling bad about it. Lots of scrolling through social media and feeling bad or extra judgy. Watching extra amounts of TV or movies, just losing yourself in that or gossiping a lot. Or maybe you're cheating on a partner or you're lying to family or friends. What are you doing that doesn't have you feeling good? Because a lot of times when we're engaged in that kind of behavior, I am learning that it's because we're actually scared of something else. Fear makes us do really strange things, painful things. And it's going to require, doing this is going to require some honest self-reflection and really try to observe from the soul's perspective, not the ego place. Leave the judgment thoughts out if you can. You know, so you can create that level of awareness that's more pure. And then investigate. Would you feel better, mind, body, and soul, if you stopped whatever pattern of doing doesn't have you feeling good? And then can you create some healthy boundaries for yourself in order to reset? So for me, this looks like doing a reality check based on that example that I gave earlier, where I say, okay, feeling lonely can't actually hurt me, right? It's not actually that destructive to feel the feelings. It hurts more to hide from the feelings. It's okay to acknowledge the discomfort that comes with feeling lonely and being sad or with any feeling. It looks like recognizing that I'm not actually alone. When my husband is busy with work, I'm not actually alone. It's remembering how good I feel inside my body, literally physically inside my body when I make healthy eating choices. It's honoring myself, the true me at the soul level with empowering self-talk instead of tearing myself down with judgments and hatred, self-hatred, hatred of anything or anyone. And then from there, it's reconnecting with healthy habits drinking more water throughout the day, cutting out post-dinner snacking and sugary desserts, minding my thoughts, not latching onto them and floating away, recognizing when limiting beliefs show up. Your reality check is going to probably look different than mine, but done gently, it leads to the same place. Awareness, higher consciousness, being socially responsible. Please, let's connect and link up energetically. Find me on Instagram at socially responsible. Send me a message, ask a question, comment on one of my posts, send an episode to a friend, because you never know how hearing this might help someone start to create their own awakening journey. In gratitude for liking what you hear, please take a moment to leave a review, subscribe, and share Socially Responsible, A Regular Girl's Guide to Spiritual Awakening.